in the Alleluia. Versed we hear, may the Lord of our Lord Jesus Christ enlighten the eyes of our hearts that we may know what is the hope that belongs to his call. It comes from Ephesians. So may the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ enlighten the eyes of our hearts that we may look, that we may see, that we may know what is the hope, the hope that our Lord has prepared for us. So if we're to look at today's readings, we hear a lesson from the book of Tobit and also from our gospel. We hear the words that are to enlighten our hearts and our minds to see how God is guiding us, how God of providence, how God guides those who are faithful to him. And the interesting thing about when we hear the first reading and also the gospel is that how God not only guides the people, but how he informs them, how he helps them out to see the path by which he leads them to heaven. And today, from that first reading, okay, we sort of kind of jump into the second day because yesterday we had the Feast of the Visitation, and so the Feast of Visitation has special readings. So a special reading, so we couldn't read the normal reading for Monday, it is the beginning from the book of Tobit. And so we kind of jump in today. So maybe I can recall what happened to the story of Tobit as it began. And it is important because we're going to read the whole book of Tobit during this whole week. So I wanted just to show and kind of remind us of what happened. So yesterday we would have read, if it wasn't for the feast, um, we would have read the little story of Tobit. So who's Tobit? Tobit is a member of the tribe of Naphtali. As you know, Jacob had 12 tribes, and so one of the tribes, one of his sons, settled near Syria in the northern part of Israel, Palestine. So he comes from that tribe, which is the northern part. And now uh, this northern part, which was known as part of Israel, was attacked by Assyrians, and the, uh, they, they took especially the people who were well-to-do all to captivity to Nineveh. And so he happens to be one of those and his family who was exiled to Nineveh. And then, but before, before the exile, he was very faithful Israelite. He was very faithful to God. So first of all, he was not only faithful to the observance of the Mosaic law, and he says from, the, from his youth, but he went beyond. He was someone who's extraordinarily Gracious! Not only did he give tithes to the church of the Temple of Jerusalem, remaining faithful to him, but he would additionally give second and third tithe to for the widows and orphans and and the poor. So he was really, really faithful. He was an observant, observant Jew, and and so he lived his faith to to sort of to this nth degree of wanting to to give to God whatever he received. He was well-to-do, and so his generosity was also extraordinary. Now, it would seem to be that if he is faithful, why was he exiled? You know, this is one of those things that why, does, why do bad things happen to good people? And as throughout his life, we see the same. So he's taken to, 
He's taken to Nineveh, but there he is very faithful to God. He remains faithful to God. And so the king recognizes his, his fidelity, his truthfulness, honesty, integrity. So he places him in charge of being a supplier, buyer for the king. So now, because he's a buyer for the king, he has to travel, purchase different things, including uh, one of the places in media. And so not only does he acquire more resources, you know, as a, and, and his wealth increases, and so he's able to set aside and invest money in media. It feels like everything's going smooth, nicely. He married Anna, he's got a son, Tobiah. Everything seems to be going well. Well, the king happens to die, so his son takes over and his kind of misfortunes begin to arise. The, what happened to him is that his, the king, his son, wanted to eliminate his enemies, and many of them that he killed were Jews, or his, his countrymen, so he would bury them secretly. But one of the Ninevites, a citizen of Nineveh, reported him to the king, and that, you know, the king wanted to, slew, to kill people and wanted to leave their bodies in the city as a sort of deterrent. This will happen to you. But he, being faithful Jew, faithful observant of Mosaic law, he wanted to immediately bury them. And so he would secretly go at night and just retrieve the bodies. And, and out of charity, out of love for them and our love for God, he would, he would bury them. And so he was reported to the king. The king was, was extremely furious at him. He wanted to kill him. Ultimately, he was able to escape, but the king died 40 days later. So, but they confiscated all his wealth, confiscated his house. He left, was left with nothing. And so he was able to, with the help of another, of, of uh, his nephew, he was able to return back safely to Nineveh, but he lost all his property, so they were poor. But at least he's back. Is be able to be back in Nineveh, and this is where where they live now in poverty. And now today's story takes place. So his wife works, trying to take care. You know, she knows how to at least, you know, uh, to to uh, you know to to knit or however she was doing the making cloth. And and what happens is that this is how the story begins. But, but, but the story starts with just one more element, which is very interesting. It's Pentecost, it's a feast, and they have something extra because the wife is making some extra money. And so they, they, he sends his son out to the town, uh, to the city, and, and he wants to invite whoever is the poor so they could join him for the meal. But then as his son goes out to town, he discovers another body was murdered, and, and so he, he leaves his, you know, before he leaves, he eats his lunch, he goes to the city, retrieves the body, and wants to bury it at night. Now, here, what we have is we have, you know, this, this story, and now what happens is this, at the end of this feast, he takes care of everything, and he goes and rests, and then another misfortune happens, a dropping of a bird falls into his eyes and he becomes blinded. Okay, uh, again, the story is very interesting because the story tells us something about people who are faithful and they still have misfortunes. This is the same thing as happened to Job. You know, why do sometimes bad things happen? Why misfortunes happen to people who are faithful? 
and 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 we'll see we'll hear the for the next five days what happens here but the fact is this so he's searching for doctors to cure he gets a lot of things but nothing happens he's blind then his his uh his servant who he was there with him assistant he leaves so he leaves him behind and then now his wife was making making the weaving cloths and 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 that she must have done a great job not only is she paid at the end but the uh, but the people the people give her additional bonus uh an additional bonus give him a, give her a goat goat for actually for for a meal and but now tobit suspects something he says Pe people just don't get paid you know why would they give you this extra bonus you know a goat when this is not so you must have been doing some shenanigans you know and so 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 he's not happy with that he says we can't do this we have to be faithful we have to be faithful and we can't eat stolen goods or you know whatever we do and of course his wife is not exactly happy with his words and 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 she kind of says to him what she feels what she thinks he says okay now the, your true colors are coming out of you you know look you think that you're so good you're so you know great you were giving all these charitable things you were so virtuous you're such a thing but you're not virtuous to me you're accusing me that i'm lying and this and he says now he says now your true character is finally showing itself you know so she really tells him what she thinks you know you think that you know a wife knows exactly who you are you know you may appear that you're goody goody outside which she was but this is what she tells him okay so now this is the end of our story today and tomorrow you resume it's not a cliffhanger or whatever you want to call but nonetheless it is a story that sets us up but but the the, the, the theme is there's the theme of god's providence does God care for us when we're faithful? Does God really respond to us? Does he really look after us? Does he make up for the things that we lack or even those things that, you know, as we go through misfortune? And the whole theme, as we will see day by day, that somehow God makes things work out for those who love him, somehow. It doesn't seem like a straight line. It seems to be all kinds of things in between. And we shall see this as it unfolds, that somehow God works it out. But but this one thing that this reading, as this you know the the the, the first reading of the, from the Book of Tobit, but also from the Gospel, what it says that we have to be faithful to God. Just the Gospel today, it is the Herodians and 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 those who who uh, the Pharisees, they want to trap Jesus. They want to show that his teaching is not of the Mosaic tradition because he seems to disrespect the laws of Moses. He does healings on Sabbath. He seems to be doing things. And so they want to trap him and they want to show him, first of all, that he's unfaithful to the Mosaic traditions. And secondly, they want to put him into trouble, create trouble for him. Because if he says, and this is where where, uh, where the question came up. It's a trapping, perfect trap. They thought they had him. Is it, is it a lawful teacher? You, and of course they tried to build him up. You're truthful, you're this, you're this. All this stuff is just to show that, that the trap will be worse. 
you know, because if you're truthful, if you don't respect people's opinions and you're faithful, then you should tell us what the answer is. Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Is it pay? Is it, is it, is it lawful? Which means they want to show that he is uh, someone who's supposed to be faithful to Mosaic law, but he is not. Should we pay tax or should we not? And then, and the Lord says, knowing their hypocrisy, says, why are you testing me? And then he gives a perfect response to them, absolutely perfect. And because it's, well, show me your coin. And of course, whose image inscription is this? And of course, they're not supposed to see, this is the, the Roman coins. They should not even have Roman coins in their possession. But they show themselves, they know everything about this coin. Whose inscription? Caesar's. So that's the first thing that's the dead giveaway, that they're dishonest, they're hypo hypocritical. And then, the, and then subsequent, if it's Caesar, and then Jesus says, well then, repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, to God what belongs to God. There's the only answer that God could give. The only answer, because if he said, uh, if the Lord said, yes, it's unlawful, that means Romans would arrest him as a rebel rouser, whatever would, would happen to him. If he said, if, if he says it is lawful, then, then he would, before the Jewish people, before the Israelites, he would be being considered uh, un, un, unfaithful, unfaithful mosaic covenant. So there's no answer there. There's no answer. But the answer that the Lord gave is an answer given to us of God himself, the wisdom of God, wisdom of God. Yes, pay to Caesar whatever is necessary. You know, some people would say, well, is it, you know, we don't want to use our taxes to pay for whatever, abortions, whatever it is. Yes, it is true. All those things are true. But the only thing is that the Lord says to us, you know, um, that there's some things that are part of our existence where we, we have to struggle. We have to struggle. Uh, we have to try to live our faith. And yet some things we are not able to change. Some things we are not able to change. So we're trying, we're supposed to change, whether it's through elections, through this, whatever we are, but, but some things we're not able. And, and, and that does not mean that somehow God will not work through it. You know, remember that parable of the weeds and tares the wheat and tares. You know that, you know, you see the evil, the tares wrap themselves around wheat, so much so that in order for, you, for us to remove the, the evil, remove the tares, we are not able to do so without pulling the, the, the wheat itself, so killing the wheat. So that good and evil somehow, the Lord seems to allow it to coexist. And somehow we know that at the end of time, the Lord will separate the evil from good. He will rescue. And so, so, so sometimes it's not, it's not an excuse that we should you know, allow evil to kind of coexist in our own lives. We are to always look and ask God to help us to overcome sin, overcome any for sinful tendencies. We are asked by God, now we're asking the Lord that he may help us out and that we ourselves, as to the extent we are able to remove, that we should do so. But we also know there's all kinds of brokenness, human brokenness in us. Sometimes we can work so hard and it seems like still there.
how many people are addicted to things and how hard it is for them to remove that addiction, how times it is, you know, the, the past experiences, you know, where it seems like ch experiences of childhood seems to perdure, they perdure and they seem to cause us problems, difficulties. We fall into traps of our own making or people, other people's making. We're not exactly able to remove. And so it is this patient endurance for us as men and women of God, patient endurance for those who are faithful to God, that, that we somehow not only pray and intercede and desire to remove as much as we're able to, but some of it is impossible for us. And so therefore we ask the Lord to, we entrust it to him, we entrust the, the, the brokenness, human brokenness, the evil that, that seems to be so much part of our existence. And somehow the Lord who knows us, who hears us, who sees us, and some of it, uh, basically the Lord says, I am, I am there for you. I'll be there with you. No matter what, I'll be there. I will help you to overcome the difficulties. I'll help you to grow through them. I'll help you to, to ultimately overcome because I will bring you to heaven and no evil can ever enter into the heavenly realms of God. So as we continue with this sacred liturgy today, and we know that St. Justin the martyr had to face also the difficulties of his own. You know, he wanted to be a philosopher. He wanted to be someone who was, was extraordinarily well, well versed in, in wisdom. And then as he goes and as everybody else, he was a, from Palestinian today. He would be known as from, from, from Samarian, from Samaria. So he would have been known. He lived in, he was born 19, uh, 107. And as you know, the Gospel of John was written 110. So, it, so there's an overlap. The first generation of apostles who are still there and the new generation comes. So wishing to be a great philosopher, he goes and studies philosophy among the Greeks and, and he is, becomes kind of brilliant in many ways. And then, but there's one thing that, that he's troubled. Where do you put God there? How do you put, how do you make God part of, part of this philosophical reflection? And then the story goes that he goes to the sh shore, along the shore, there's an older gentleman there and they begin to speak. Was it God sent? Yes. And this, 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 this man, tells him, you know, the true wisdom is not just to be found in the, in the Hellenic or, or the Greek philosophies, but the true wisdom comes from God. And you find it in, 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 the, in the prophetic word. You find it in, in, the, in the book books of the Old Testament. And so he leads him and, and allows, invites him to look for wisdom, the true wisdom that comes from God. And then ultimately he becomes a great apologist for the, for the Christians. He, he embraces the faith and he sees that, yes, the true wisdom, the, the, the greatest form of wisdom is to know God's word. Revelation as the gift of God's of, of great wisdom. So we may see wisdom in other places and it's okay. We can find it, but the ultimate, the greatest wisdom is God. And you know that wisdom which tells us that God made us, he formed us, he wants us to be with him, he wants to divinize us, he wants to transform us, transform us into being like his son. And that's the wisdom. And that wisdom cannot be removed, cannot be undone. 
It is that wisdom that consoles us, the wisdom that gives us knowledge of who we are, what we are to do, we are, where are we heading. And so it is, may the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the true wisdom, knowledge, enlighten the eyes of your hearts, enlighten the eyes of all of our hearts, so that we, mean, that we may know what is the hope, the future life, future glory, what is the hope that belongs to his call. And Christ is promised, Christ, Christ is true to his promises. We shall partake of that life here through the Eucharist and ultimately we shall receive that life of glory in heaven. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.